0: Tonight we're going to be preaching um, and teaching from the book of Galatians. Uh, we're still finishing up. We're going to be finishing up this this series rather soon, probably in the next month. Uh, and I'm I'm happy and prepared for this next series that we're going to have. Uh, but we're still in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter five. Um, if you want to turn there with me, if you have your Bible, Galatians chapter five. If you don't have your Bible, the the word will be behind me, and you can read along there. But uh, the last uh, sermon we had on this series. Uh Harper filled in for me, and Harper did a, a jam-up job uh delivering the gospel, delivering the word to you guys, and I'm excited to just pick right back up where he left off. He, he talks about walking with the Spirit, right? And, and tonight I'm going to pick up that idea and continue with it, right, that, that we are going to walk with the Spirit. We're, we're going to make a practice of something, right? We're, we're making a practice of something constantly in our life. The reality is, is what are we making a practice of? Are we making a practice of, of walking with the Spirit? Are we making a practice of being in line with God? Are we making a practice of sinful life? Are we making sin in this fleshly nature that we have? Are we making a practice of that? And so if you're are with us, we're going to start in Galatians uh, 5, verse 18. And we're going to read from there. We're going to read to verse uh, 25. <clears throat> it goes as follows. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I love how Paul Paul just puts it. You know, I'm listening a pretty substantial list right now, but just so you're clear and you're like, well, none of those are the life I'm living. He's like, and there's more like this. I just don't have time to lay out all these sinful lifestyles that you might be living but i think if we're all honest with our with ourselves you are either now or at some point in your life living in one of these sinful lifestyles if you're like me maybe you're like covering the whole circle right the whole parameter of these but but grace be to god that he calls us out of these lives friends he calls us out of making a practice of this sin and making a practice of walking with his spirit. And, and for that, I'm so gracious. Let's pick, pick back up where I left off. I warn you, as I warned before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But you as but but the fruit of the spirit instead is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is God's word, and let us worship his word. Look, to be good at something, friends, it means you've got to put forth some practice into that. Right, we got to put forth some practice into that. We got to put forth some discipline into that. You got to sacrifice some things. You got to got to really just lay it out all on the line say, "Look, I'm if I want to get good at this, I'm going to put some effort into this." Right? And I hope you can look back on your life and you say, "You know, I've gotten better at some things and it's because I sacrificed other things to get better at this thing." Or or I was disciplined enough to wake up early or or I was disciplined enough to stay up late doing these things. I was disciplined enough to practice and practice and practice these things. Right. Like if, if I wanted to get into woodworking back a year or so ago and if I would have stopped after that first hideous puzzle board I made, hideous friends, I would have never had the accomplishment of being able to do work for other people because nobody would have wanted me to do work for them. I never would have had the accomplishment of of having a successful piece that I've created and then say, man, look at this thing in which I've learned to do and, and learned to get decent at, right? Because I've been putting forth the effort and I've been sacrificing time. I've been really disciplined in trying to get better. I've been watching YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video and dedicating my life to this thing, and I've gotten better at it. It takes practice. And we all practice something. Right, we all practice something. Maybe that thing is, is you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is look at your phone. Now, hey, like, I ain't judging you. I, I just downloaded an app yesterday to try to get me at looking, having less screen time on my phone. Right, isn't that funny? It's kind of a hypocr- like weird. Like I downloaded an app to have less screen time. Anyway, I, um, I, I get it. And so you, you do that, and the next thing you know, every morning that's what you do. You wake up and you look at your phone. Maybe you've been putting forth the effort and the practice into getting really good at a game. Okay? And you put hours into that. And and you're probably one of those guys when I randomly get on there, just really beat me really, really fast, and then say some statement to me that makes me feel about this doll. Right? Like a, a nine year old really just just dragging me. Right? And and you put forth the effort into that. Maybe you've been preparing for this upcoming baseball or softball season and, and you've been putting in time in the off season, right? You've been taking ground balls. You've been hitting BP. You've, you, you've been throwing bullpens. Right? You've been doing whatever you need to do in the offseason so that way you can better your position come this season. And, and you want to see that change. You want to see uh, that I'm better now than I was before. But guess what? It takes practice. It takes discipline. It takes it takes sacrifice to do those things to get better at things that you like. And that's the point. We practice the things that we're interested in. We practice the things that we're interested in. And in the, in the deep, honest question that I have that, that is going to carry on through this whole sermon is, is, the question is this, are you interested in Jesus? Is our interest in our Savior who, who gave himself up for, and ransomed himself for the sins of this world, does that interest you enough for you to sacrifice something? Does that interest you enough for you to have discipline in his word? Does that interest you enough for you to practice walking with the Spirit? It takes effort. Our text tonight is pretty clear. There's two groups of people. There's people who make a practice of a sinful lifestyle. And those people, as the scripture says, won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's a really, really uh, blunt text. <laughs> and then there's another group of people. There's another group of people who who walk with the Spirit, and those people exhibit and have the, the fruit of the Spirit coming from them. That That's something so miraculous. I hope you guys get this. That that God would save you in if you have saving faith with Him. And then He said, I'll put my Spirit, I'll give you my Spirit. And you start desiring the things of God. You start wanting the things of God. And next thing you know, you start exhibiting the fruit that comes from the Spirit Himself. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And I know if I might be saying that, and a lot of you are saying, "Bro, I don't have none of that." I'm glad you're here, right? Guess what? I have some of that sometimes, and then some of that. Guess what? I I act a little outlandish. (laughs) I think we can all be a little honest, right? We're supposed to have fun and what? Be real. I'm gonna be try to be real with you guys. So there are two different things: there are people who practice this life of sin, and there's those people who practice walking in the Spirit. Now, our goal is to look at these two groups of people, see which one are we. Are we practitioners of the Spirit or are we practitioners of sin? And then make an honest evaluation of what I need to do. I I need the Spirit to come. and This is serious stuff, so I need you guys' attention, okay? I need the Spirit to come and do some changing in me, or maybe I'm just so tapped out, zoned out, that I'm not really even in the understanding of what we're talking about. But my prayer all week has been that God would change and and, and conform our hearts to be more like his word. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a practitioner of these things. The first of those that I want to talk about is being a practitioner of sin, somebody who practices a sinful lifestyle. Verse 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. You're going to say say this list again? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, before you're sitting there and you're like, man, I am screwed. Let me, uh, let me maybe bring a little hope in this sense. There's a difference in making a lifestyle of sin, making a practice of sin, and, and slipping up and sinning. Right? There's a difference of, of making a life of sin and then having a slip up where you sin and, and you're easily convicted and you run to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness. There's a completely different uh, thing in that. And when I'm talking about you being a practitioner of sin, I'm talking about you living a lifestyle of sin with no uh, uh, conviction, with no desire for forgiveness, with, with just this complete running the wrong direction, and you know it as I say it right now, and the Lord hits your heart with it. You know it. We all struggle with sin, and the reason for that is, is we live here on earth. right? And uh, that We're sons of Adam. We live here on earth. Sin has come into this, this world, and as long as we're here on this earth, we will deal with the struggle of our flesh. But what we have to be careful is, friends, is that our bouts of sin, like our, our little, our little uh, one-off things with sin where we do something, where we know we're not, we, we do something and we're instantly convicted about it, we got, we got to be careful that those little bouts of sin do not turn into a practice of sin. You see, the enemy, the enemy desires one thing from us, to kill, steal, and destroy what God has done in your heart, what God wants to do to your heart. He he wants to kill, steal, and destroy that. And The greatest desire he could have is he could turn a single sin in your life to a practice of sin. The greatest desire the enemy has for you is that he can turn a single sin in your life into a practice of sin and drag you away from God to cause you to grow further in distance between you and the Spirit Further into the entanglement of sin. Further into the grips of the practice of sin. It reminds me uh, of the way uh, I used to think about quicksand when I was a kid, right? Like the more you walk in it, the deeper you get. You know, And, and the enemy wants nothing more than to take that one sin in your life, turn it to a practice of sin. And the more you walk in that life of sin, the deeper you get into it and the harder it is to get out. But there's nothing more the enemy wants, you see. He wants to turn a sin in your life into a practice of sin. Maybe this year that's been you. Maybe uh, you had some form of sexual morality or or fits of anger. Instead of conviction causing you to run to Jesus and, and to ask for forgiveness, the enemy used that sin to drag you away, to put separation between you and God. That is a reality. But there's also another reality that you're not without hope. Like If we're living a life of sin, but we're still sitting here and we're still breathing air, then that means God still has opportunities for us to change our lives. If we're still sitting here and he's still gracefully allowing us to breathe his air, that means there's still hope that we can change. There's still hope that we can go from living a life of sin to living a life with the Spirit. The Bible and the world is full, friends, full of stories of people that we thought were too far gone. Adulterers, murderers, right? People who were so lost in sin, we would think if we looked at them without knowing their story, that they were too far gone, that God couldn't do things with them, and God transformed their life took them from a place of practicing sin on a daily basis and in the worst type of ways to being a person who walks aligned with the Spirit. And friends, if you're here today and you're thinking, you know what, I am that guy. I am that, per- that girl. I'm that person who's been walking with sin. I have no de- had no desire to change. I had no conviction that brought me to Jesus. I've been putting myself further and further away from him. And, 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 and friends, just like those people that we thought were too far gone, you're not either. If you're here tonight, Jesus is still giving you chances. And my prayer is that he's, he's drawing you. Drawing. The second group of these people that we see is people who are practitioners of the Spirit. Practitioners of the Spirit. Verse 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no wall. You see, friends, producing the fruit of, of, of God's Spirit is brought about by the power of God's spirit and I, I love this text from Galatians because it tells us exactly what the spirit gives us to, to behold and to exhibit and to bring forth in our lives his fruit like how wonderful is that that, that God is so graceful that he would, give a, he would give us the spirit to be able to uh, respond to situations that are hard I mean one of those songs it was talking about in the middle of the chaos you bring me calm right? There's nothing more supernatural than that, that even negative, bad things can happen, but to still be able to exhibit God's fruit. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Now, one of the actions of practicing sin is called fits of anger, right? Fits of anger in our life, but the Spirit gives us power to be self-controlled. The Spirit gives us power to be kind. Does that mean we let people run us over? No, but what it does mean is we don't run other people over. Right, that the Spirit gives you these fruits for you to be kind and for you to be self-controlled and, and, and instead of responding to ridiculousness with fits of anger, we respond with kindness. We respond with self-control. Participating in sin can cause us to live in a state of unhappiness, but walking with the Spirit, we can have joy even in unhappy moments. And it's so unlike. Unable to be talked about because it's just something you can't really understand. But, but the Spirit of God will give you opportunity to have joy even in moments where things seem bad. You see, friends, the enemy wants to give us this thing and he, he sells it to us for like temporary pleasure, right? You can have this and it's, it's this temporary pleasure. It's just fun now. But the reality is it's, it's in the negatives of life. The reality is it's the negatives of life, and, and He, God, and His Spirit is trying to give us the positives in life. He's trying to give us the opportunities to respond with hardship, with positivity, to respond with, with, to things that should make us uh, 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 living a life of, of heartache into a place of peace. But it's only when we are practicing walking in the Spirit. Now, if we walk with the Spirit, then we become practitioners of the Spirit. And if we become practitioners of the Spirit, we get, begin to exhibit more of the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruit of our flesh. And I, I kind of want explain, like, like, if we say the fruit of our flesh, some bitterness, anger, aggravation, the inability to have self-control, doing whatever somebody asks you to do, going in and, and giving in to any type of sin that comes your way, but the fruit of the Spirit gives us self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, instead of responding with bitter anger, you respond with with kindness and peace. And that doesn't mean things don't hurt, but it gives you the ability to respond in the correct way because you now have Jesus. Instead of responding to people with bitterness, we begin to respond with love and peace. Instead of going with whatever everyone else does, we begin to practice a little self-control. Instead of being jealous at the things that I don't have, I begin to be thankful for the things in which I do have. See, there's a, an obvious difference there. And I hope you can tell. One is, is negative and brings forth anger and bitterness and aggravation and hurt, and anxiety and depression. And the other is, is, is peaceful. The other is the abnormal. Right? The normal thing to do is respond the way that we want to respond, or to, to, the normal thing to do is to act out when people bring us aggravation. But God calls us to live a life of abnormality. Like we're not called to live a life of a simple, simple things and of, of conformity to this world. God calls us to live a life of abnormal life of conforming to His Word. And so, yeah, it is different. Yeah, it might seem strange. But you have that ability if you have jesus the third point i want to make is, is is to answer this question but yeah you know we've talked about this we talked about we need to walk in the spirit we don't need to walk in the flesh we don't need to practice a sinful lifestyle but man how do i do this how do i put to death uh, sin in my life how do i put the death sin in my life verse 24 and 25 says in those who belong to Christ Jesus." have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now the question is, how? How do I put the death sin in my life? How do I take this sinful life that I've been living and change it into a life of walking in the Spirit? How do I put the death, the things that I've I've lived with for so long that have brought me so much heartache, How do I do these things? And that's a good question. How can we turn from walking with the sin in our life, constant practice of sin in our life, to walking with the Spirit? We have to put to death sin in our life by having faith that the work that was done on the cross is really the work that was done on the cross. That having faith that, yes, Jesus is enough, that, that having faith that what he did on the cross, he really did finish it. Right? When he said it is finished, he meant it is finished. Having faith that he is who he says he is. Having faith that, that, that he came and participated in a life that he didn't have to so that way he might pay for the debt that we owe that we can't pay for. Having faith that he is who he says he is. He's given himself up completely for us to have the opportunity to be able to know him. He came here, lived on this earth, gave himself up for us, knowing that we would turn our back on him. Knowing that we would maybe even laugh at the fact that there's this thing called Christianity. Hey, that was my story. I was an unbeliever. Knowing that we would live a life contrary to what he's called us to live for years, he still said, I will come and I will die for them. And so he could bridge the gap between you and him to pay a debt you could never feel, to pay a debt you could never owe. And friends, if we really believe that, If we have the faith in that, man, then the power of that reality gives us the ability to put to death sin in our life. Because guess what? If those things are true, I owe him everything. I owe him my sinful desires. I owe him my flesh. I owe him my entire life. And when we say Jesus is Savior, that's one thing. But when we say Jesus is Lord, that's another. If he's Lord in my life, that means he is sovereign over everything and there is nothing that comes before him that I owe my entire life to him. As a friend said one time, uh, something's got to die. And what he meant by that is he said, either you will put to death your sinful desires or your soul will be put to death. John Owen, a famous theologian, said it this way, you will either be killing sin or sin will be killing you. I like that. You'll be killing sin, or sin will be killing you, and he's totally right. Friends, have faith that Jesus really is. Who he says he is. Show him you have that faith by talking about him to everyone you can talk to. Show him you have that faith by seeking him out, genuinely seeking him out. And His word says you'll find him. Show him you have that faith in him by putting him first in your life and worshiping him. Show him you have that faith in him by reading his word and reading things about him. Show him you have that faith in him by serving in the church and putting him first in your life. Show him you have that faith in him. See, if we want to get good at something, we spend a lot of time doing it. Because we love those things. We're interested in those things. Now the reality, like I came uh, and told you at the beginning of the sermon, is the same. Are you interested in Him? Is Jesus enough for you? Should you spend time practicing this thing? Look, I, I would like you to think, when you leave here tonight, just to check. Uh, The screen time on your phone, I did it last night, scared the crap out of me. Check the screen time on your phone. See how much time you spend on social media things. Is he worth uh, sacrificing some of that? Is he worth sacrificing some of that time? Look, I'm not saying you got to delete it all. I'm not that guy. I think some of us would do good with a good fast, right? Fast from social media. But I'm saying, look, see how much time you've given to those things and see how much time you've given to God. He is worth our sacrifice. He's worth our discipline. He's worth our obedience. Look, friends, if, if we want to know if we can put sin to death in our life, then the question is, do I have Jesus? And if I have Jesus, the answer is yes. Because it is He that puts sin to death in your life. It is He that paid the sin debt, that, that dark blot that covered our soul. It is He. That deserves it. Now, the question is, is and we and we I saw this poem this past week, and I'm gonna be ending it in a second. Uh and, and it's this you know, we talk a lot about this sin, 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 sin. And so this poem said, What is sin? Man calls it an accident, God calls it an abomination. Man calls it a defect, God calls it a disease. Man calls it an error, God calls it enmity. Man calls it a liberty, God calls it lawlessness. Man calls it a trifle. God calls it a tragedy. Man calls it a mistake. God calls it a madness. Man calls it a weakness. God calls it a willfulness. Tonight, friends, we're, we're about to end and have one more song of worship, but I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads with me. You know, I, I don't do the thing all the time where I'm like, hey, raise your hand. If you raise your hand, that means this, this, and that. I'm not a real firm believer in that, but I do want to give an opportunity between you and the Lord tonight that if the Lord was talking to you through this word, that the Lord was was trying to uh, uh, say something to you, if he was saying, look, that is you, you have been living a life of sin. You've been walking in lawlessness, carrying out this life of absolute sin apart from the Spirit. And and son, daughter, come home. Run to the Father. I'm drawing you for a reason. Don't turn your back again. If God has been talking to you tonight and, and, and saying, Look, man, you can walk away from this sin. You can walk with the Spirit. And you just want to say, Lord, I hear you. I hear you talking to me and I'm going to make every opportunity to spend my time disciplined, obedient, sacrificing it to you more than I have been. I'm going to give my time hoping that that change in me that comes through the acknowledgement of you, Lord, would cause me to walk away from sin and walk with the Spirit. If you are one of those people tonight that says, Lord, I've been, I've been walking in sin, I've been living in sin, and I've been practicing a lifestyle of sin, but I want to walk with the Spirit, just raise your hand tonight. Amen. Amen. Raising your hand, friends, is a wonderful proclamation of what God is doing in your heart. Now, what I want you to do is to pray to him about that, to seek him out about that, to seek counsel from from the leaders here and from the leaders that you know and trust in this church. They might help you do just that. Remember what John Owen said, Be killing sin, or it will be killing you.